I'm still learning all this, you guys. Welcome, welcome to the Polish the Mirror podcast, episode number three. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Amy Thurman, your host, and for the past 10 years, I have lived with a broken neck. But even in the midst of that, I have been able to gain hope through all of the struggle, through all of the trauma, through all of the pain. I have been able to find hope and I am able to use my story to help other people. And so that's the purpose of this podcast is to allow a people a safe place to be able to share their stories of adversity, of things that they have been through, and we're able to find hope in the midst of it. Now, along with the neck injury came a traumatic brain injury. So if you hear me stumble over words or if you hear me get hung up, it's just part of that. Just I, I appreciate your grace as we go through this um, because that happens sometimes or it may not happen at all. So I want to bring that to your attention as well. So here we are. Episode number three. This is so exciting. Okay, let me introduce you to my guest today. This is my friend, Melissa Price. Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm delighted to talk to you again. Absolutely. Melissa and I have done oh, a few chats together. Uh, she was on my series of 100 Days, 100 Emotions and had a wonderful chat with her there. If you want to find that series, go to hashtag 100 days, 100 emotions. That's the number 100. It was streaming live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and you can go find that there. But you will definitely want to know more about Melissa, especially after we have this conversation with her today. So like I said, this the purpose of this podcast is to help people have a safe place to share their stories of things that they've been through, things that they've experienced, and been able to find hope in the midst of it. For those of you who are watching live, if you have questions, Feel free to ask them in the comments, and we will try to address them as we're here live. So, Melissa, I'm going to turn it over to you and allow you to just share whatever you want to share about the adversity that you have been through and how you have found hope in the midst of that. Okay. Well, I am a mom and a grandma, um, and those things are not only super important to me today, but they were always a dream of mine when I was young. Uh, and that was despite the way that I grew up. So I grew up in an abusive household. I lived in fear of my father's anger. Oh. And, um, you know, he'd had a rough childhood himself and been abandoned by his dad when he was five. And just, you know, the, we all have our like backstory, right? And my backstory is just a father who didn't know how to be a father and didn't know how to manage his emotions. And he had addictions that affected me as well. So I grew up being a good girl, I guess, because I didn't want to get in trouble and get hurt. Um, so I learned to uh, be very aware of how he was feeling. So I knew how to act so that I could stay safe. Um, when I was nine, I started going to church with friends. Um, my parents hadn't really taught me anything about God, but I got a set of scriptures when I was nine and I read them cover to cover twice. I don't know what nine-year-old does that. But wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I, that started a seed of, uh, like, identity with me. Like, um, that really is 
has been a foundation of hope for me. But um, at the age of nine, between nine and 12, um, my father escalated his abuse and it, um, it was just a yucky time. Like school would be normal. I'd be so grateful to get out of the house and be safe there. But uh, about the age of 12, my parents divorced and my father was no longer in the home. And um, that was my first taste of freedom, which was great. And I could tell he was going to continue to abuse us. And so I just had to tell my mom some things that she didn't know. And, and she took action. And my father went to prison. And then I felt really free in some ways. <laughs> I imagine. So even though... Excuse me. They were divorced. You still were seeing him because yeah. there were, your mom didn't know any of this was happening, right? Yeah. I mean, she, she knew of some of it, but not all the extent. So, um, you know, I'm grateful that she took the action that she did, but it was very um, tumultuous <laughs> to say the least. Like it was not to worry about it, but um but then all of a sudden my emotions were free to surface and that was rough. Like I was oh already, sure, you know, and, yeah. and all the hormones and all those fun things going on. Right. And, um, and I just started erupting in anger and I wouldn't say it was anything abnormal for a teenager, but for me, it was pretty devastating because I had, and this is pretty subconscious at this point, but I had um, been at the brunt of my father's anger for a long time. And so when I started feeling angry and it would come out, whether I would yell at my family or usually I would do something um, kind of self-destructive. I might like rip up a favorite book because I loved books. They were my escape. And so to rip up a book, was like just getting that energy out. I didn't know how to get it out in very productive ways. It wasn't terrible ways, but it wasn't, it wasn't feeling good for me. And, and I just hated this part of myself that was angry. Cause I was like, anger is bad. Anger equals bad. I'm a bad person. Well, yeah. That's what you had grown up with. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so, do you have any siblings? I have one sibling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you said you got the brunt of the anger, I just wondered if there were others involved too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my sibling uh, suffered the same things. Um, mm -hmm. So you're learning how to deal with this anger as a teenager. Oh, well, I was trying to figure it all out. <laughs> I don't know that I figured it out then. I knew that I didn't want to take it out on others. And so most of the time it was just like, you know, slamming my bedroom doors or like hitting a wall with my fists or, you know, that type of thing. Um, but inside, I just, it made me, it made me so mad that I was so mad, <laughs> you know, and I had yes. no idea why, because my anger never erupted before because of how controlled my childhood was. And so to have it just coming out and I had no idea what the purpose of anger was, I had um, no clue. I just thought it was a bad thing. And so I, 
I did. I hated that part of myself and I would get mad at myself for getting mad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm thinking like right now you have this sense of freedom that I have, I no longer have to be subjected to this form of anger from my father. Now yes. it's coming from within me. Like it's erupting from within me. I'm sure that had to be so confusing and yes, make you upset. And because you should have with that, that feeling of freedom should have come so many different emotions, right? Yeah. And, and I probably had joy that I could like do some things I wanted to do. Like I remember the first time after my parents divorced that I opened the refrigerator on my own because I was hungry. I had never done that before. And I was 12. Wow. And I just oh remember I have choices. Like there's grapes. Am I hungry for grapes? Like it was just a new mm. thing. And so <clears throat> it was, it was a good time. It was a learning time, but it was also somewhat devastating. And I, I did with my anger, what a lot of people still do because we weren't really taught emotional intelligence, maybe by our parents and their parents didn't teach them you know it just is a generational right. thing I've known a lot about it until lately and so um i did what i observed other people around me do which was either stuff it and hide it which i did my best to do um so if i was angry i would just you know keep smiling and um that reminds me of a story i'll tell you in a minute but yeah. I I just, I would stuff it until I exploded, right? And we see people doing that. We see our kids doing that still, right? They, they don't, like emotions are uncomfortable, some of them, that we would term negative. I don't think they're negative now. Um, but yes. the emotions that are uncomfortable, we do our very best to avoid by turning to comfort. And... Right. Um, so I turned to food. I gained a little bit of weight in junior high. That was pretty normal. I was pretty normal weight, but um, I noticed it and I was just like, dang, you know, and then um, <laughs> we, we turned to books like I was already turned to books. So I did that. Um, I loved friends. So that's something healthy that I would, you know, turn to. But a lot of times we turn and to bad habits that become addictions when we don't know what to do with our emotions. And mm -hmm. I absolutely think so that's good. my father. Right. And mm -hmm. it happens to all of us. We all have our own favorite addictions that may or may not be very good for us. And sometimes they turn to really like hurt ourselves or hurt others. And, um, and as, yeah. And as I've grown up and as I've done a lot of healing, um, I became a mom who homeschooled and these teens talked to me and they would come to me and say, Hey, I look, I, I have this addiction. I have this addiction. I'm, I'm fighting pornography, you know, and I'm very familiar with being the brunt end of that. And I was just like, Oh, I know, I know where this is going. I know how it destroys families and relationships and, self-esteem and bring shame and guilt and uh so anyway that's kind of my life's work now is to to help get that emotional intelligence out there 
help not only our kids and our teens to understand the role of emotions and how they can help move us forward, but help their moms be able to teach their kids because a lot of us didn't have the greatest role models and our parents did the best we could. I did the best I could and I still messed up my kids. Right? <laughs> so, I feel the same way. <laughs> guys. But, you know, we're all just here on this earth to learn. So it's all a good thing eventually, but it, it can be tough. Like I, yeah. even though I, I knew from a very young age, I was not going to abuse my kids. Like that was just like, I knew that um, at the same time, I was still struggling with all of these feelings. And I would say like my core wound that came from the abuse, like way deep down below everything is I don't matter. My needs don't matter. My preferences don't matter. Like, so whenever somebody ignores me or I think they're ignoring me or, or says something unkind or whatever it is, I have had to do a lot of work to not get down to the, oh my gosh, I don't matter. Right. It's so interesting because all of our experiences make us see the world from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of an instance where two of my closest friends, we, you know, we had something happen where I turned inward because I, don't <clears throat> that's what happens to me i i don't say things because i'm afraid i'll say something i will regret so i just turn inward until i can process it and work through it and then i can talk about it yeah. but my friend said please stop ignoring me the the fact that you're ignoring me is making me feel really bad about myself and it wasn't, you know, it really opened my eyes because it wasn't that I was trying to ignore her. It was that I was processing it myself so that then I could talk about it. But from her perspective, the way she grew up, exactly what you said, she felt like I was ignoring her and being ignored was something that was traumatic for her when she was young. And so that that's so important that we know that, that everybody's dealing with something in their lives from some in way, some way, shape, or form, in a diff, from a different perspective, and just because we do something or say something from an intended one way, doesn't mean that that's how re it's received on the other end. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a beautiful, wonderful mess that we all are <laughs> because we have um, we have these amazing emotions. Like you love to talk about emotions, so I'll throw this in here. Like we yeah. have emotions that are here. They color our lives. They are the reason we have choices to make. If we didn't feel emotions, we might not go for the things that we want because we wouldn't want them because we wouldn't know how great they are or the lack of, you know, whatever it is. So um, emotions are amazing and they are a challenge because like I can feel excited if a dog's running towards me because I've had experience with dogs, but you've got a little kid and a dog's running towards him, you know, and he has no experience, he's going to be terrified. So we're all experiencing emotions in the same situations in completely different ways, depending on where we've been and what we've seen and experienced. So it's, it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. I and try my best to simplify it. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, you're talking about emotions earlier about stuffing them down that when you were in under the uh, influence of your dad, 
that you pretty much stuffed down your anger because you had to, to stay safe. But then that anger surfaced when you were no longer in that situation. And I feel like that's something that happens to us, all of us, that we don't really realize that we are constantly stuffing down our emotions, trying to push them down so that they won't surface when the opposite is what needs to happen. You got me talking about emotions. So I'm going off here. <laughs> you, know, you know, I love to talk about emotions, but when the opposite is what needs to happen, like the, they need to be able to surface to serve their purpose. And research have shown, you probably know this, Melissa, that when an emotion comes in that if we don't hold on to it if we allow it to serve its purpose and move on it will stay an average of 90 seconds yeah. so if we get angry if we allow that anger to approach and we feel it and then we allow it to go 90 seconds but if we hold on to it and grab it and keep it and be like oh i want to hold on to this then it lasts as long as we're going to hold on to it so mm -hmm. emotions are fascinating. I could talk about them all day long, but we need to <laughs> move on. However, this has a lot to do with, with you and all that you learned about emotions in going through this adversity in your life, because you turned what you learned from emotions, you, you, you gathered that and turned it into something really, really amazing. So please tell us about that. Okay. Um, so as a young mom, I started <clears throat> doing therapy. Like I just really wanted to get a handle on things because I didn't want to take my upsets into my parenting. And so I watched a lot of Oprah back in the day. She was my Same. therapist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, um, and all the guests that she had on were really fascinating. So I read a lot of the books that, that um, came up and uh, just started kind of my healing journey back then in earnest, I guess. And, um, and I've had some time in the last 10 years as my children have gotten to the age where they're pretty independent at that point, I started going to healing retreats and, and just a lot of seminars on understanding myself because I love people. I love to understand them and I love to understand myself because then I can see what I need to do to get better. That's just like really innate in me. I so love that. <clears throat> in that process, I've learned like what the life cycle of an emotion looks like and how it's supposed to work versus how we've just culturally learned to deal with our emotions. And, um, so it's exciting to learn that like every emotion has a message to teach us and we need to find the appropriate ways to move that emotional energy out of our body, that chemical feeling that we have for the 90 seconds um, before we get to the point where we can figure out that um, message. And when I was a teen, I thought I was so... Um, mature, I guess, because if my friends and I <laughs> my friends and I would have like maybe a typical teenage fight. And then I would come to them and I would say, okay, you felt this way and then I felt this way. And this is how we can like heal it. So if you do this and I do this, and they would just look at me and they would be like, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, we would have stayed mad for, for three days, but I was just like, why do that? You know? So I was right. intellectualizing it, but not getting those emotions out still like that energy was still trapped in my body. And yeah. um, that emotional energy that we ignore for so long, then we're causing our pains and our illnesses in our body. And so, um, and, and we can turn to those addictions. I don't want to do that. So anyway, right. um, I've learned like along the way that connection is the opposite to addiction mm. and connection is like my favorite value. Like that's who I am. I love connecting ideas and people and all the things and connect. I just connect everything to like learning. Right. So, um, so I was asked a few years ago to teach a mom's group with really young kids about how to help their young kids manage their emotions. And I usually do the like teen junior high thing. So I was trying to wrap my brains around, okay, so how can I like really simplify this and help them right. out? And I had the idea for a game and make it I, interactive. Yeah, I made I oh. made the game up in three hours and I was like, all right, oh, wow. we'll this with these families, you know. So um I started playing the game around with people and realized it was like a legit thing. <laughs> so I <laughs> actually this really works. Yeah, it really works. And and I had a lot of uh intention as I created the game. And I discovered like just like a godsend of things that it teaches that I was I was not aware of. And I was like, this is amazing. So I love that. Like I gotta stop here for just a second and say things like this are just amazing to me, but like they are just meant to be. Like you it was you set set out the intention, you got the idea, you put it together, and oh my gosh. What an amazing thing. I just love that so much. All right. Time in. <laughs> I was like, time out just a second. Okay. Time in. <laughs> yes. So where were we? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I told you my brain does this funny thing. <laughs> so you created yeah. the game and in three hours and it actually worked. It did. Yeah. It's, um, I created it's a card game and I created it for uh, young kids and for like teens. I had them in mind when I created it. And then I had some dear friends who were empty nesters who were like, we're going to come down and play your game with you. I was like <laughs> a little embarrassed. I was like, well, it's a kid's game, but okay. So they came down and we played and we were dying laughing for like an hour. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, it's not just a kid's game. Like adults love this game, you know? Yes. And it was really fun because like in that young mom's group, I said, so I kind of created this game and I'm just wondering like, how long would you guys play a game with your kids? Um, because I'm tr just trying to figure out what suggested, you know, playtime would be. And they're like, we don't want to play a game with our kids more than 20 minutes. <laughs> and granted, they're, they're playing with, you know, five-year-olds who are playing Candyland. I mean, 20 minutes to Candyland yeah. is a long time, right? <laughs> <And so laughs> I was like, 
all right. So the very first family I played with, the mom was the one who had said like no more than 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got out my game. I'm like, play this with me. Let's see how it works. And uh, we played for an hour and the kids had to go oh to bed and played longer. And wow. it was amazing. Like I remember seeing the dad's jaw just drop as he watched his kids portray yeah. these things. And um, it was, it was like one of the best days of my life. So fun. In fact, <laughs> I started playing the game with everybody I could. I walked through my neighborhood and say, okay, just pick a card. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Test and, it out. I know. And uh, I remember the first time, like I sold my game and I wasn't going to be playing it with the people like I had. And I, I just felt so jealous. Like, but I always get to play the game with people. It's not fair that you're playing it without me. It's so, fun. <laughs> so I'm kind of in love with my creation. Oh, it it's so I mean I just cannot say enough about this game because I want you to explain a little bit about what it is and how it works because it's so fascinating. I obviously am a big proponent of emotions, but I have studied emotional intelligence for a long, long time. And as a former educator, know firsthand that that is not something that's taught. Like parents don't know, like you said, parents don't know how to teach it because they haven't been taught. Teachers don't have time to teach it because they have so many other responsibilities. And to put it in the form of a game is so effective because kids actually want to play it. And you have said this to me before. They don't realize what they're learning when they're learning it mm -hmm. because it's so fun and interactive and they're just having a good time they don't realize all the things that they're learning. So please share with us how it works and some things that they learn. All right. Um, so my game is called Emotion Commotion and it's really a little bit goofy. <laughs> it's so fun. Very simple. I love that you don't have to read a long manual to play my game. It takes 30 seconds to learn. Um, so you have an action card and an emotion card and you do the action. The action for this card is to say, can you pass me the bacon? And then you do the emotion. So you do the action in the emotion. So if I were to right. say, can I'm going to stop you for just a second. Yes. So I can explain to people who are listening and not watching yes. that she's holding up an orange card. And on the back of the orange card is the action. And then on the green card, the back of the green card is the emotion with which you're supposed to enact the action. Mm -hmm. So we have amused and what was the action? Uh, just say, can you pass me the bacon? I chose that because if people can't see us, then they can at least hear my tone of voice, right? Yes. So yes. I'll choose a different emotion. Now that you've seen that emotion card, I'll choose a different one for you. I have light green cards and dark green cards. So there's easier emotions and more complex ones for like if you're playing oh, with little kids. So let's see. If you can guess the emotion by just hearing my voice. Can you pass me the bacon? Frustrated. Huh? Agitated. Is frustrated? Nope. Oh, you get it on the first yeah. <laughs> I, I recognize that tone. <laughs> I know that tone. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, we're going to let you do one. Okay. You need to make the sound of a sheep. Oh, gosh. Okay. 
the sounding ones on right here for the people who can't see anything, right? Okay. And then Sound I'm going to an emotion. Um, oh, let's see if you can do this one. Okay. <laughs> Oh, the sound of a sheep goes, mm. uh, ba, <laughs> My emotion was confident. I had to make the sound of a sheep and sound confident. <laughs> That's how a confident sheep sounds, right? <laughs> it is. It is. So, <laughs> oh, yes, it's amusing. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of different um, actions like uh, playing the air guitar or um, pretend you're playing golf, uh, show it just with your face or just with your walk. Um, lots of different things that I isolated because these are just little pieces of how we pick up on how other people share their emotions. And so it gives us the opportunity to kind of zoom in on a little part of it. Um, and then I love as we play because, you know, for the people who can't see, they are able to hear by tone of voice. And that's one of yes. the things that we can practice as we play this game is listening to tone of voice, watching others' body language. Um, this is a big way that we pick up on others' emotions. And we're not all good at it, right? Some of us really... Um, have a hard time with it. And some of us don't. Um, but even like, I, I believe that if we suffer abuse, a lot of times the kids that come out of that have gained a lot of empathy because of how they're so aware of the emotions going on in their home. And so, well, I think that I'm pretty good at picking up a how other people feel. I've learned playing this game that I can't assume anything mm -hmm. because people, some people might have really like out loud wanting to yell, bursting anger. And some people have very quiet seething anger, right? Um, some yeah. people you can't even tell they're angry because they maybe have learned to mask it so well, or maybe just haven't had, a ton of anger in their lives. I don't know who hasn't, but <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so you see, as you play this whole gamut of emotions and you realize really quickly and can gain some compassion by thinking, okay, I'm not picking up on what other people are laying down all the time. So maybe I can get curious. I can ask questions instead of assuming even the people I know really well, like what they're feeling. Just because it looks like me doesn't mean that's exactly what they're feeling. Yes. And this, and, like my son ha is autistic. And mm -hmm. so they, that's something they really struggle with is learning social cues and understanding, you know, tone of voice, that kind of thing. So this will be so helpful for kids like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. And uh, so we get to practice that every time we're playing. Um, we get to expand our emotional vocabulary, which is so important. Like they have found that most adults have eight to 10 go-to words to describe how they feel. So I'm frustrated, mm -hmm. I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, you know, whatever it is, our eight to 10 words are that we use over and over again. That's what we model for our kids. And there are thousands upon thousands of emotion words. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. And so if we can help ourselves and our kids have a bigger emotional vocabulary, then when they're feeling an emotion, they'll be better able to name the right one and get the right message. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so the example I like to use is like, if you have two siblings, one has the last ice cream cone and the other one doesn't get ice cream, they might think, oh my gosh, that's not fair. I'm so mad, you know, and anger in general, not all the time, but in general is about boundaries that have been crossed. Something is wrong. And there's not something wrong with your sibling having an ice cream cone, but to you, <laughs> it definitely means something's wrong, right? Um, right. But if, if you understand they have a big enough vocabulary to say, oh, I'm jealous. They have something that I want. So how can I get that for myself? That's the message jealousy usually has is like, okay, if there's something that I I really want that I see, then how can I get that for myself? Or is it best for me to get that for myself? Um, what can I do? And, and a lot of us weren't taught to get to that point where we're looking for the messages in the situation to help us. Because if we take one step to move forward in answer to that message, we're, we're one step closer to being the most awesome us we can be. So right. I, I, yeah want that expanded emotional vocabulary for all of us. And as people guess, not everybody guesses on the first try like you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we have all these synonyms that are thrown out. So I have 40 something cards in my deck of emotions, but you're hearing by the time you're done playing a game, 100, 200 different guesses. And so you're really expanding that vocabulary, which I love. Yeah. And then I love that it kind of walks us uh, through the beginnings of emotional regulation. So we we pick up an emotion card, we allow ourselves to feel it without judgment, and then we move that energy out through the talking or the singing or the acting or whatever it is. And that's so important. And those are some steps that we don't always learn to do. We don't always allow ourselves to feel the emotions without judging. Like when I was younger, mm -hmm. I, I judged anger as bad. So I was like, oh, we can't feel this emotion. That's not cool. Um, right. And so uh, I love that as we play, we just realize we all can get in touch with these emotions to some extent. We've all felt them. It, mm -hmm. It's something we all have in common. And um, it's normal. It's yeah. fun to play with in a, in a healthy way. Um, yeah. And then... I think my favorite thing about the game is that as you play, you're playing in this safe space that's created because it's just a game and you're allowing yourself to share your emotions with other people safely. And that's yeah. going to help us when we're really in trouble. Cause then we're like, wait a minute, everybody feels these emotions. I, I can be safe to share that part of me. Um, so let's find somebody that's safe to share with because we are losing people left and right. It's awful because mm. they get so overwhelmed with their emotions. And sometimes right. our youngest kids don't know that it's going to go away, that it's not going to last forever. And wow. um, we want them to know that they can come to us. We want to be that safe place. Um to where they could say, Hey, I'm, I, I have this rage inside me and I don't know what to do with it. And 
I want to take myself out before I hurt people, you know, or I mean, just one circumstance, but like, like, let's make it um, normal to share our emotions. And uh, I could just put this game on the shelf and say it's fun, but like, it's so important to me. And I really appreciate you letting me share um, what it teaches because I want parents and grandmas and bosses to be able to facilitate discussions if they come and up. Teachers. And teachers. Teachers. Like this could be played played in the classroom too. Yes. I've played in the classroom. I, I taught third through eighth grades a couple of years ago in a homeschool class and I made my own curriculum and through all the like healing stuff in there, like let's learn the power of words and let's learn all about our emotions and all the things. And and so um as I'm teaching these different ages, like I found different ways to use this game to facilitate different types of learning, but they love it so much every week they would beg to play it. And so it became a reward. If we get through this week's lesson, yeah, time, we'll play it. So you can play this game for 10 minutes. You can play it for two hours, as I found out with adults at business retreats. Um, <laughs> I've, I've played it in prison. In fact, this last week, I got to play it with two different classes in prison. And amazing. I mean, most of them are there because their emotions got out of hand, you know, Yes. and maybe they had addictions that led them, you know, so it's, it's something we all deal with and we all, um, can use the help and the fun, like let's laugh and get our, our energy, emotional energy out. Right. That's my favorite way to get it. Yes. It's good too, but laughing is great too. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love it so much because it's so powerful. Like Mm -hmm. we underestimate, I think the power of this because Mm -hmm. of the fun nature that there is an underlying power to it that I really, really want to bring to everyone's attention. And that you heard, you heard Melissa say how many ways this can be used with all age groups in all kinds of different situations and scenarios, because it's something we all deal with. We all have emotions. It's a part of being human. It's normal, but to be able to learn to deal with them in a fun way, oh my gosh, is so powerful. So Melissa, thank you so, so much for being here. I would love for you to share, excuse me, how they can get your game or get in touch with you. All right. You can go to my website. It's emotioncommotiongame.com. And I have my game and I also created some connection questions, which you can use for like junior high elementary kids that help you talk about emotions, but in a really fun way. And um, I also have a something free that if you are interested in, it's like three different ways to get that emotional energy out, but kind of in an artistic way. So, um, and, and they work for all ages. I've used it at school. I use it for myself and at women's retreats. Um, mm. So just some really great tools to, um, to get your, that energy out before you get the message from your emotions. Oh, I love that so much. So yes, that's www.emotioncommotiongame.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. I will put the link in the show notes. I have the link in the description if you're watching live so you can connect with Melissa there, find the game there, find her freebies there. And oh my goodness, so much value today. Melissa, thank you again for being here and for sharing your story, for being vulnerable and willing to share the adversity and then the hope that you gained and the way that you used it to help others. It makes my heart so, so happy to see this. Oh my gosh, this is what lights my fire right here. <laughs> I love to geek out about emotions, oh, <laughs> especially you, Amy. You know, you know, I do too. Like that's one thing she and I talk about a lot. So we could carry on all day, but <laughs> if, excuse me, you're interested, if you or someone you know is interested in sharing your story of adversity and hope that you gain through that, feel free to email me. It's amy, A-M-Y at getamyshelp.com. G-E-T-A-M-Y-S-H-E-L-P.com. And then I also have a freebie for you. If you're interested, I have created 10 steps to showing yourself self-love. And you can find that at my website, www.getamyshelp.com slash free. And I'll put those in the show notes as well and in the description. So thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you have found this helpful and think it will be helpful for others, please share it. If you feel that it's worth a five-star rating on your podcast listening platform, please give us five-star rating so that we can reach other people and help them as well. So thank you again. And I will be back next week with another interview and another story of hope gained in the midst of adversity. Thank you.